Chapter One of Peggy Raymond's School Days, or Old Girls and New, by Harriet Lemmis Smith. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter One School Opens. There was no doubt about its being September even if one had not been willing to leave the decision to the calendar. Other proof was not lacking. There was more gold in the sunshine, more blue in the sky, more russet and orange and crimson mingling with the green of the maples than ever August could boast of. The days had that mellow warmth, the nights that exhilarating coolness, which tell that summer is passing. And there were the children. Where they came from, no one could say, unless they had sprung up like mushrooms overnight every block teemed with them there were the little kindergartners generally two or three of them together holding one another's hands and looking so much like playthings that the lot of their teachers seemed nothing more nor less than a prolonged frolic from the kindergarten tots they graded by steps hardly perceptible up to the students of the high school age preternaturally important incredibly wise and so near grown-up that only a person of extreme daring would have ventured to deny them that dignity at the girls' high school that crisp September morning, Friendly Terrace was well represented. In the senior class its dignity was upheld by Peggy and Priscilla, while Amy and Ruth were classmates of the junior year. Dorothea Clark, who was not exactly a Terrace girl, but was magnanimously included in their number, because she lived just around the corner of 60th Street, was the representative for the sophomores, while the freshman class included one of Peggy's neighbors, Rose Fletcher, a rosy, bright-eyed girl, who bade fair to uphold the reputation of the terrace both in her classwork and outside everyone had come early that first morning girls who had been together on an average of every other day all summer greeted one another as rapturously as if they had been separated for months others who had not met since the close of school for the simple reason that they had not cared to take the trouble were exchanging greetings of the most affectionate nature the incoming first-year class could readily be distinguished by the fact that the members stood in silent groups, using their eyes and ears rather than their tongues. Occasionally a teacher passed through the corridors, nodding right and left, and was welcomed with radiant smiles. It was a singular fact that every teacher was popular on the first day of school. Peggy Raymond, as usual the center of an interested group, was giving an animated account of some of her vacation experiences when amy lassell pushed through the encircling ring and seized her friend's arm oh peggy have you seen the flat the flat peggy looked about her as if expecting to discover the article in question lurking in some corner of the corridor amy pinched her reproachfully for the household art stupid it's in the basement and a perfect dream oh i know i shall neglect my french and history and everything else and play all day in that adorable baby house the result of amy's eulogy was to send a score of girls clattering down the stairs in a headlong fashion extremely censurable on any but the first day of school amy's enthusiasm was not misplaced during the summer an unused portion of the basement had been converted into a little apartment in which the various household arts necessary for girls in all walks of life could be more effectively taught the rooms opening one into another were about the size for a family of tom thumbs but this fact only heightened the delight of the observers see this dining-room with the sideboard and dear little round table doesn't it make you hungry just to look the bedroom takes my eye i wish i had white furniture in my room at home 
paint your set white then advised peggy i did mine she peered into the tiny living room of the flat inside oh why couldn't they have had this when i was a first-year girl instead of waiting till i was almost ready to graduate i think it's intended for the first and second-year girls we seniors are rather beyond that sort of thing said a voice from the outskirts of the circle and peggy turned quickly the speaker was an odd-looking girl tall and slender with an apologetic stoop as if she hoped by this method to eliminate a few superfluous inches her near-sighted eyes blinked at the world through spectacles with unusually thick lenses her hair was heavy and might have been beautiful if becomingly arranged but drawn back tightly into a thick braid it suggested only a determination of its owner's part to get it out of the way it was not however the peculiarities of victoria wells's personal appearance which accounted for peggy's air of surprise she had been familiar with them too long to find them astonishing for for us seniors did you say victoria questioned peggy victoria's face was naturally impassive but for the moment a little breeze of complacency rippled its surface yes then you must have skipped a year peggy exclaimed and the watching girls realized that victoria was actually smiling yes i've been in summer school the last two years and i've made up some studies outside victoria appeared at peggy and the silent circle as if eager to see just what impression she had made and peggy did not leave her long in doubt why that's splendid victoria and it's perfectly wonderful too i have to work so hard just to keep up that i can't imagine jumping ahead a year peggy looked around upon the others as if inviting their congratulations on victoria's behalf but the group was singularly unresponsive far more decorously than they had descended the girls mounted the stairs to the long corridor close packed now by a constant increasing throng of girls and humming like a gigantic beehive priscilla who brought up the line had just reached the foot of the stairs when blanche estabrook another senior fell back and joined her slipping a hand through priscilla's arm something peculiar in her classmate's manner brought priscilla to a halt did you ever hear anything so ghastly the tragic character of blanche's inquiry was intensified by its reaching priscilla in a hissing whisper instead of being spoken in a normal voice you mean priscilla found herself whispering too though she had no idea why that wells girl isn't it awful i can't say i'm very keen on having her in the class priscilla tried to speak with feeling but she could not help thinking that blanche was making a needless fuss over a very little thing in the class in her indignation blanche forgot to whisper and indeed the others were so far ahead that this precaution was no longer necessary do you mean you can't see that there's more to it than that how do you like the idea of victoria wells for our valedictorian priscilla fell back against the wall oh blanche she gasped she can't be she mustn't she can be and she will unless something's done replied blanche forgiving priscilla her previous apathy in view of her present emotion victoria wells is a perfect shark when it comes to books she can't walk she can't stand up she can't wear her clothes so they look as if they belong to her but when it comes to history and mathematics she can beat any of us hands down priscilla uttered a little groan expressive not only of perfect concurrence with the views so eloquently expressed but of the keenest vexation blanche continued remorselessly yes she'll be our valedictorian and we took it for granted that it would be either you or peggy raymond me priscilla cried sharply as if i'd have any chance against peggy in the intensity of her loyalty to peggy she really resented the suggestion well if it had been either of you 
all the rest would have been satisfied but victoria wells it isn't as if she had been in our class all the way up so we would have had a chance to get used to the idea but to spring her on us in our senior year victoria wells it's not fair an electric bell began buzzing overhead sounded the tramping of feet as hundreds of girls moved toward the assembly room blanche and priscilla mounted the stairs with faces as grave and movements as deliberate as if it had been the middle of the term with a test imminent instead of the first day of school and though the principal's opening talk was well worth hearing there were at least two girls present to whom his words offered no vestige of inspiration little work was done the first day except by the principal and teachers classes were organized lessons assigned and the school dismissed at twelve o'clock instead of at half-past two the usual hour of closing peggy came into the cloak-room where priscilla was pinning on her hat without any aid from the mirror about which a score of girls made frantic attempts to view themselves over the heads of the others i've got to stop to see miss layton and dr radford i do want to take the two-hour chemistry course but it conflicts with history and i want that too going to wait for me priscilla or are you in a hurry blanche asked me to walk with her priscilla replied rather reluctantly she was extremely curious to know what blanche had to say to her having been given to understand that she might expect a communication of the most unusual nature yet it cost her a pang to be obliged to deny peggy the pleasure of her society peggy however took the deprivation with her usual sunny serenity oh all right i'll see you some time this afternoon and then as she took her breezy departure priscilla found blanche at her elbow there could be no doubt that blanche had tidings of some moment to communicate she gave priscilla the impression of fairly bulging with importance as they left the building together priscilla could have imagined that she was about to be honored by the confidence of some distinguished diplomat weighed down by state secrets it was rather disappointing to have blanche hark back to the subject of victoria wells i've been thinking about having that girl for valedictorian blanche began and the more i think of it the surer i am that we mustn't stand for it i've talked to lots of the girls and they all feel the same of course we're all sorry but i don't see that there's anything we can do about it priscilla returned helplessly well there is i've got it all thought out and i've sounded some of the other girls and they think it's a great scheme but before i go any further priscilla you've got to promise that you'll never breathe a word of this several of the girls thought i oughtn't to speak to you as long as your father's a high school principal my father hasn't anything to do with this school protested priscilla her color rising it annoyed her to learn that in the opinion of certain classmates her father's occupation disqualified her for sharing in an enterprise they were cordially supporting yes of course he's in the boys high school but some of the girls thought you might have a sort of professional bias i told them i was ready to vouch for you as i was for myself thank you blanche said priscilla really grateful of course i'll never mention a word you say it is possible that her determination to deserve blanche's good opinion may have influenced her attitude more than she imagined in the discussion that followed the first thing began blanche accepting priscilla's assurances with flattering promptitude is to decide on a valedictorian who will suit everybody peggy raymond for instance she looked triumphantly at priscilla whose blank expression was sufficient proof that she was far from enlightenment of course it would be lovely everybody would be satisfied with peggy but you said yourself she didn't stand the ghost of a chance beside victoria wells she doesn't blanche acknowledged candidly peggy is a bright girl and a hard student but she's not a walking encyclopedia like victoria of course victoria's skipping a year gives peggy a little advantage it's not likely 
that anybody's marks would be quite as high for work made up and besides we have got a year left yes we've got a year left priscilla repeated then her common sense impelled her to add but what can we do with it push peggy ahead as hard as we can and keep victoria back blanche estabrook priscilla turned on her classmate a pair of blazing eyes if you don't know peggy raymond any better than to suppose she'd let you please don't have a fit right here on the sidewalk priscilla before you take my head off you'd better be sure what i mean i don't suppose peggy raymond would copy off an examination from another girl's paper but there are plenty of ways of giving her a shove without doing anything dishonest and without her knowing as far as that goes priscilla looked uncertain now there's her latin you're the best latin scholar in the class by all odds priscilla oh i don't know priscilla murmured in polite deprecation well everybody else knows now you could plan to study your latin every day with peggy and see that she gets everything right amy dubois says she'll look after her in french of course amy's away ahead of the rest of us in french because she learned to talk it when she was a baby at the same time she learned english now you see my idea don't you peggy's just about as good in one study as another and if the girl who's best in each class should make a point of coaching her her standings ought to be splendid you certainly have everything planned out exclaimed priscilla moved to admiration and blanche accepted the compliment with equal frankness i guess i have a pretty good head for that kind of thing papa says that if i'd been a man i'd have made a politician and anyway when there's a chance of that dreadful wells girl carrying off first honors and disgracing us all it's up to us to put our heads together and find some way of getting the better of her the mention of victoria recalled to priscilla the ground for a certain vague uneasiness she had hardly time to define in the suggestions to which she had listened for helping peggy there was nothing very much out of the way as far as priscilla could see but apparently blanche's scheme included more you said something she reminded her delicately about helping peggy and then wasn't there something about keeping victoria back that said blanche with decision would be just as necessary as the other i don't see how we could do it blanche's face wore a little reminiscent smile my cousin in cleveland she began with seeming irrelevance told me about a boy in her class who thought he was something wonderful and at last the girls decided he needed to be taken down a peg so they made an agreement that whenever he got up to recite they would all look at his shoes the first day he didn't seem to notice it much but by the second he discovered that something was queer and on the third he was so nervous that it was perfectly killing he'd shuffle and squirm and try to hide one foot behind the other and of course he couldn't recite decently for wondering what made everybody so interested in his feet all at once blanche stopped to laugh and priscilla wavered between honest indignation and a wish to seem suitably responsive it was funny she admitted without any indications of extravagant amusement but somehow it doesn't seem exactly square you're not nearly as much interested as i thought you'd be priscilla of course we've all got the interests of the school at heart and besides that you're such a friend of peggy raymond's that i thought you'd like to do her a good turn of course i'd love to see peggy come out ahead i'm glad to help her all i can but the other well it almost seems to me like cheating victoria out of what belongs to her priscilla's tone was so apologetic that blanche took no offence at the disagreeable word emphasized she even smiled ah oh, well if you feel that way about it just leave the rest of us to look after that end there'll be enough without you and all's fair in war you know she ended jauntily 
they parted on the next corner and priscilla was aware that in her classmate's opinion she was committed to the conspiracy to herself priscilla owned that to see victoria wells in the exalted role of valedictorian would detract in no slight degree from the pleasure of her graduation while peggy's triumph would of course be her own yet even with this realization she was unable to work herself into enthusiasm over the plan if it was to help anybody but peggy priscilla thought i wouldn't have a thing to do with it to make sacrifices for one's friends even a sacrifice of scruples seemed rather noble yet it must be acknowledged that when peggy dropped in during the afternoon priscilla felt herself under an odd constraint and experienced a most unusual reluctance to meet her friend's candid eyes. End of chapter 1